and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name is Morgan Calton, and this week I am joined again by uh, Matt Dom and John Shorb. Hi, guys. Hi there. How are you doing? Uh, just kicking straight into it. I mean, we've got a lot to get through today. I mean, we have, uh, in the last two weeks since our last podcast, we've uh, drawn against Bolton in a fairly uninspiring one-all draw, and then followed that up with a fantastic result against Aston Villa. Uh, 2-0 at the Cottage. Going straight into that Villa game, because I don't think we need to dwell too much on the Bolton game, uh, I think it's fair to say that that was a cracking performance against a team who are playing particularly well at the moment. You know, 63% of the possession and uh, 72% of that first half just showed how sort of dominating we were of, on, you know, on the game. Um, John, what were your thoughts on it overall to start with? Uh, I thought it was an exceptional performance. To be honest, I, he, I liked Slavisa's lineup before even before the game even started. I thought it was really positive. Um, he's not one to kind of go into his shell, but that lineup really excited me. Nobody played badly at all. To be honest, I think the whole team did well. Our two goal scorers were arguably our, our worst players. To be honest, um, things that Tanzibi, who was marking Cess, really played brilliantly, and Cess didn't get much luck for anything, especially in the first half. But um, Target and we were excellent. I thought Fredericks was absolutely outstanding. First assist and probably defended the best I've seen him. Clearly, the Mitro was good as well. Clearly, the signings are, are really improving the team. And I wonder if Christie, although he's not playing, is actually um, improving Fredericks as well because he's upped his game massively since that. And that's you know that's probably good management by the by the manager. You know, prove to me that you you deserve to start. And um, Christie, I mean, his, his level is definitely definitely raised since that signing. So. An important signing if he's not even playing. Yeah, I think um, from uh, you know Fredericks's point of view, he's either fighting for a new contract, which he may or may not want to sign, but he's also going to play well this second half of the season if he wants to get a move to a Premiership team, which may may be his uh, ulterior motive. But I think you're right. You know, Cyrus Christie's come in and not got a look in because Fredericks has played particularly well since he signed. Um, Matt, what did you think uh, of the game? It was a brilliant performance. Um, you know, they had seven wins in a row uh, coming into it. Um, so they're the form team in the league, uh, besides us, obviously. Um, and really, they didn't look like that at all. Uh, like you say, we had all the possession. It didn't maybe didn't quite happen in the first half, but there was some really good link-up play. But to, to John's point about the, the line-up... Uh, it, it was quite a surprise seeing Mitrovic start, uh, seeing Ayute on the right and Kenny straight back in. Um, but I suppose you could say, you know, it was a game really, we need to just go for it. And um, all those changes work, worked really well, I think. The point I, I kind of wanted to make against, uh, we, we're not really talking about the Bolton game, but, uh, but we, we, we threw away the lead against Bolton. We let them back into the game. And in the second half, they you know they were really on top and were well worthy of their point. Uh, against Aston Villa, the way we played after going ahead was brilliant. We we kept the ball and drew them onto us, but you know the way we transitioned from that defence into attack at pace was was really good. And to be honest, we could have had more by the end of it. So so I was really impressed with with how you know, how we linked up. Um, you mentioned the point. Fredericks had a great game. Um, Mitrovic, I think, made you know a really big difference. He he's looking like the striker that our our system really needs. Um, you know, not only can he can he win headers, uh, so 
yeah, it brings in that option as you know the wingers previously tend to just drive to the line and, and cut it across, you know, but but there's really a, a genuine option of crossing it from deep if Mitrovic is there with his head. Um he also, you know, he comes off off the defenders into midfield, links up play with one with nice touches. I think in the first half there was a really lovely lovely move with the candy back heel and Mitrovic bringing it forwards at pace. Uh, I really like what I see from him to be honest. I think I I think one of I mean you say uh bringing out a pace, but I definitely think pace is not one of Mitrovic's uh strong points in his game. I mean, he clearly adds a lot of strength to that uh, particular position. Um, He's not match fit, I would suggest, but he did bring in something that was completely different to what uh, Kamara or Font uh, offer up there. Um, Definitely, definitely helped. And he was very close to scoring a couple of times. Uh, Do you think uh, he's got the fitness though uh, either John or Matt, do you think he's got the fitness to be able to uh, string a couple, maybe two, three games um, starting in a row at the moment? Yeah, I think that's kind of a bit of a concern with with the games coming in quick succession at the moment. Um, after that performance, I would be really, I really want to see him play against um, Bristol City, to be honest, um, because he, I think Matt's right there. It's just the team kind of needed that kind of focal point to occupy defenders and actually play off him. Um, the false nine and kind of Kamara and Font, it just doesn't seem to be working. But with him there and the added threat of set pieces, which I think we actually now possibly might score one or two for the rest of the season, um, it would be a real shame if he isn't he isn't fit. But I think he's only going to get better. And he, for a fella his size, you know, he's, he's never going to be incredibly rapid. I think it's more about sharpness than it is necessarily about kind of, you know, fitness per se. Um, a few of those chances, he kind of headers, he's kind of snatched at, and you think, you know, if he's if he's been playing week in week out for another couple of weeks, you know, you expect him to at least get them on target. So, fingers crossed. I mean, um, if if he is kind of a bit out of shape, I'm sure he's not going to be doing a hell of a lot between Saturday and uh, Wednesday. So, fingers crossed. It would be such a shame to change a team that performed that that well. I also thought Mitro. I was a bit worried. I thought like, he's probably the player that Terry wants to play against, really. Um, I thought Terry's with all his experience and he is quite physical himself. And, you know, um, but Mitchell actually bossed him. You know, Terry didn't have, a, didn't have an awful game, didn't have a great game. And um, that kind of made, made me like him even more, to be honest. Well, I think that um, the first half of the game, a lot of people described it as cagey, uh, which seemed fair. I mean, Cess certainly didn't have his uh, sort of best game. He wasn't, you know, allowed much space uh, on the left-hand side. That Tuan Zabi, I don't know how you pronounce his name, um, but he had a fantastic game. Uh, he was man of the match in a lot of people's books outside of, you know, uh, giving it to a Fulham player. Um, he just, he didn't quite sort of get the service, or he didn't quite provide the service that we've come to expect from him. Obviously, in the second half, that all changed. But... I think uh, people sort of call for um, him to be rested was looking justified on his first half performance. But then in the second half, it all seemed to change. And although, as I said, he didn't have his best game, uh, the whole sort of performance seemed revitalized, even though they had boss possession so much in the first half. So in the second, what do you think, Matt, uh, do you think it changed to you know, liven the team up a bit? Do you think it was a, you know, Slav team talk? Or do you think they just clicked a bit more and uh, Villa's defence or, you know, team general just tired a bit? 
Yeah, and I think it, the, the team talk would have just been one of those, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Because even though you say it was a bit caging, it was, it was really caging from Villa. And by half time, I think they were there for the taking. And I think Slav would have said that to the team. Um, Twan, Twan Zibi had a really good game. Uh, Sessignon was quiet up to that point. But uh, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, that teams are starting to target Sessignon um more than they have in the past um you know he's got this reputation now he's our top scorer um he's a real threat and what what i think that did was it 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 frees up some of the other you know excellent players in our team to play their game like kenny was finding a lot of space and i think you know a lot of that was to do with how busy mitrovic was keeping their defenders and how you know how sessignon was was being kept quiet um i the, the team talk seemed to, you must have said, you know, keep doing what you're doing because, um, you know, we played with a, a lot more f- freedom in that second half. You know, I think Aite deserves a good, men- a big mention as well, aside from his goal. Um, and I wasn't entirely sure about him starting on the right because I've, I've liked Piers on there. But he he offered something something different that I hadn't seen from him before. You know, he was crossing the ball quite a lot. And he, he also cut in and that allowed Fredericks to, to use that space down on the right, I think. So it, it just sort of opened up a bit more. Once we got ahead, you know, we could really find the gaps. I think get that early goal was key. I think um, the thing with Floyd is that there is no doubting how talented he is as a player. But obviously his big problem has been his fitness. And I think in the first half, there was a point where it was sort of like they weren't sure if he was going to carry on. But then obviously he you know, ran off whatever sort of slight injury he had. So going to the goals, um, obviously Floyd scored that cracker which we'll talk about in a minute. And Sess opening the scoring uh, with another goal to add to his season. There was talk potentially giving it to Terry as an own goal, which from a point of view of uh, laughing at him, adds something. But, uh, you know, talk us through the goal, John. What do you think? Was it movement by Fred? Do you think that was key to it? Sess's positioning wasn't the tidiest to finish, but, I mean, we certainly deserved it. Yeah, I mean, I just go back to obviously first half. I think you said we had seventy-two percent possession, but but actually they probably had the better chances, although not many. The second half, we just we did change. We were less possession, but a lot more direct. And um, I think Sess was given license to actually come off that wing and get away from um, Tzibi, um, Tuzan, you know that name yeah. you can't say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that getting getting away from him kind of created that goal. But it's it's also worth um, making note that Mitro's run kind of drew both both defenders, kind of diverted their attention from Sess, which allowed him a little bit of space to tuck it away. And as I said earlier, I mean, I, I was so impressed with Fredericks, and you know, he that wasn't his only only good cross and um, another assist. Uh, I w- I wouldn't give Terry anything, um, even if it was an own goal. And you know, that's another another mill on um, Sess's Sess's uh, transfer fee now. So. You know, he needs all the goals he can get. Obviously, you don't want to sell him, but um, yeah, if we do, I, I, we need to get as I, much as possible. I would suggest at this point, unless we get promoted, um, even still, even if we do get promoted, I think there's a good chance there is going to be a club coming in with a rather large bid that will be very hard to turn down. Obviously, Premiership money would um, make it not as desperate to sell him. If a club did come in with a 30, 40 million pound bid now, though, um, and if we are still in the championship, we'd be careless to turn it down. 
and his performances at the moment will only add to his value. Obviously, in Channel 5, they're still calling him a left-back. They need to get out of calling him a left-back. He's not a left-back anymore. Um, and, you know, as a left-winger, I think he probably sort of has more value than he would do as a left-back, even if it is just a position change or whatever. Um, Matt, where, do you, what do you think about this whole situation? Do you think he's sort of adding to his value, or do you think the fact that uh, he's scoring goals will mean that we will sort of be there or thereabouts at the end of the season? Kissing his badge, does he want to stay? Uh, he'd he'd love to stay, wouldn't he? I mean, he after his goal, uh, I don't know if you, you saw the video where he ran over to the the ball boys and celebrated with them. It was a, a really nice little video. Well, they're all his own um, age, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? The mum was saying, uh, you know, Sessegnon is his his idol, and I'm thinking, oh, this this kid's 17. Imagine being a role model with someone at 17. But you know, there you go. He's um, you're right that you know being on the wing adds value. And it is interesting that almost the rest of the footballing world still called him a left back. You know, you see, well, we need to sign this this kid. He's got 12 goals from left back and all that kind of thing. So, well, he's played there a few times, but he's predominantly been, you know, on the left wing. Um, and yeah, that does add a lot more value. Uh, if we go up, I think he stays. I think we'll um, turn down big money for him in the summer. Um, you know, he's he could move to, you know, a, a top six club. Um, and progress there. But if he's playing in the Premier League for Fulham, I don't really see why he would want to move, why we'd push for a move. Um, it would be us selling him if he was to go. If we don't go up, then, yeah, I think he goes, um, I'd say probably 30 or 40 million. Uh, I'd be disappointed with anything less than 30 million for sure. Uh, he's one of the, he's the best prospects in, in world football. Um, and while he's, you know, while he's scoring his goals, he, he may very well take us, be a big part of the reason we we might go up you know he loves it we love him and he he could well stay uh, if we don't go up I don't think he will but he, you know he's it's interesting that he's he's maybe not had the best few games but he, he's still scoring the goals he he has that that instinct that you know certain players do drift in and out of games but they can still pop up with that moment that big goal and he's one of those already at, at an early age and a lot of his goals do come from you know, the cutbacks and he's he's made the run all the way across the box and it's really hard to pick up in that in that instance. So yeah, love love the kid. Uh really hope he stays. If we go up, then I don't see him moving on at all. I think, you know, if he does stay, what I see as a likely situation is him signing a new deal on big money, big premiership related money, um, and which would you know, give him an extra couple of years on his contract, meaning that if any club was to come in then they would have to pay even more for him this time around. So I can't see him saying no to signing a new contract if he loves the club as much as it looks like he does. Um, but there's always, you know, there's always that sort of potential for a club coming in with stupid money. So if they do that, so be it. I can't, it's, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's a footballer and they all have values on their heads. Um, he can, just I just ju- can I just jump in on the... Um... What I find quite interesting is all the all the kissing of the badge, which I love. Obviously, the, the photos themselves are brilliant. But um, I'm just trying to think why he's doing that. Obviously, he loves the club. But is he thinking this might be the last chance he has to show his appreciation to the club, or is he actually saying, you know, I'm committed to the club. I want to stay here. So it could be either. We're never going to know, are we? Well, until he, until until the end of the season, the end of the transfer window. But um, you know, it's I so think, nice to he, see. I think he's well. He. He grew up in the area, well, close enough. 
I think, you know, he is, he generally loves the club. You know, I, you know, if I was in that position as well, it'd be amazing playing for the sort of your, you know, boyhood team and playing so well, and, you know, the fans that love you, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, as a 17 year old, he's obviously going to be ambitious. You know, he's potentially got another 20, uh, 20 years left of his career. So I'm sure he'll want to see, well, try different opportunities here and there, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't love Fulham. Um, I would like to think that, you know, the kissy of the badge means he wants to stay. I'm sure his agent will have other ideas if someone comes along. But I, th- I think I one other point I want to start, sorry to talk over. One other point uh-huh. I'd like to um, make is uh, I think although the I mean the the journalism around him is so so lazy, it's unbelievable. I think even recently there was a photo of Cabano in the paper saying, "Oh, this wonder kid." Um, <laughs> yeah, that was and, that was um, the son. That's fine. Yeah, we're, we're still we're still um, you know, which he was playing for the, the player for our team, which is probably better than usual. To be honest, he, um, you know, they still call him a left back. I, I love the guy, and he's got talents, but he's not exactly tearing teams a new one. He's, he's, he's not really running the ragged. He's just an incredibly good finisher and incredibly good timing his runs. I think teams or, you know, people who just read the reports are probably a little bit surprised. We will be a little bit surprised with what they get, to be honest, because um, he, he isn't the finish article. He's got every chance of being it. But, I, you know, I, um, I think he might, I think the step up to the Prem might not be depending on the system he plays. But if he's playing left wing in a kind of a 4-4-2, I don't know if he'll have half as much impact as maybe in, in a front three. Um, and I just wonder, at, you know, what the rest of the footballing world actually think, think he is because the reports I read are all pretty far from the mark. I think with him, there's, they're not quite sure who he is as a player yet because I imagine some of these journalists who are reporting on him um, being, you know, being a left back or whatever, they don't watch us very often because we're in the championship. If we're in the premiership, then they probably sort of watch us week in, week out. But right now they're feeding off reports of this player who's tearing up the championship and probably not watching that many minutes of his games. So it is lazy, but it is the kind of the big story of the moment. You know, he's the new English wonder kid. He's, you know, as they say, he's a new bail. People are saying, should he be on the plane to Russia this summer? I think personally, you know, it's, a, it's too soon for him to be doing that. But if he was to get a place on, you know, in the squad for the World Cup, it would be a great experience for him, much like when they took um, Theo Walcott to, when was it, 2002 World Cup? Oh, he was 16. I know that. But um, I don't know exactly what year it was. I don't know. I don't know if that helped Theo all that much, to be honest. But um, No, well, he kind of hit a bit of a... He hit a bit I of think a sort it was of Germany, uh, wasn't it? I thought, didn't they? Was it Germany, two thousand six? I think it might have been. But... but I mean, he maybe he would be. Maybe he'd have uh, get a few minutes in the World Cup. And maybe he'd be great. But I wouldn't want him to sort of be put through that because the way the English media is, if they see you play, you're a young kid and you don't have a great game, they're not exactly forgiving at the best of times. So maybe just let, maybe this sort of um, running the championship, scoring his goals, is the best way for him to develop outside of the direct gaze of the media. Um, and then when, once we get into the premiership, or sorry, if we get into the premiership and he stays, then that'll be a real test of his wonder kid status. And I'm sure he'll do a great job for us, but there will be a lot more pressure on him than there is right now. And uh, Matt, have you got any uh, last thoughts on this before we move on to um, Floyd's wonder strike? Um 
No, that's I think that's a good point. You know, he by the end of the season he'll have two full years of championship football under his belt, uh, and he'll only just be eighteen. So um, you know, it's absolutely the best experience for him right now is playing for us. Um, and you know, if we don't go up, it probably would still be the best thing for him to be playing for us. But you know, money talks, and we'll and we'll have to see. Yeah, and we will. I mean, you know, there's not long left of the season. I'm sure in the summer something will happen along this along these lines. Um, but uh, enough enough for talking about him. We seem to get onto his sort of transfer value and his potential for moving or staying every week. But obviously, it is kind of the big thing at the moment. Okay, moving on to Floyd's wonder strike. Obviously, a great goal um, in the sense that he was fifty yards from it and put it in without the ball bouncing. Villa keeper Sam Johnston had a great game up until that point. Uh, isn't going to be looking back on that too often. It was it was a great pass. Uh, not exactly sure what he was doing, but John, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think of a goal like that? We don't get to see too many of those at the cottage. No, it was it was great. I mean, to be honest, it was it was quite a tense game. Not because of how we played, just because of the importance of it. And you know, we were kind of um, you, you don't really pay all that much attention when their keeper's kicking the ball out. I was in the hammy right behind the goal. You kind of look up, and just everywhere went silent. You're like, is he going to do it? And then you kind of thought, blimey, is it going to go <laughs> out for a throw-in or something like that? And then he really did play it with such composure and great. Fit. I mean, I didn't, I didn't cheer until I saw the net ripple. I really was kind of like, just you know, there was there was breath. that tense silence, wasn't there? Until that ball was in the net, we, we've seen Floyd shooting. Sometimes it's not always been the best. So until <laughs> until that ball was across the line, you kind of go, oh wow, he's done it. Well done. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I mean, to be honest, he missed a header. He should have scored not long after that. So I'm glad he got that one. Um, and what was refreshing was really after the first goal, we just we just kept playing on really, and we we could have scored another one or two. Um, I'm just shocked at how bad Villa. Really, I mean, I'm sure the team. I think their first our first half performance probably they're all a bit shocked. They just, they just offered really nothing and just sat you know sat back. I think they needed Slavisa to kind of say at half time. What are you waiting for? They're there for the taking. And um, second half, only us looked like scoring. And um, hopefully that's kind of humbled Villa, who did have two of their most influential players missing, it's worth noting. But um, Yeah, I was going to say about that, because Jack Grealish wasn't in the starting lineup, and neither was, uh, I can't remember the guys on the, the other guys. Adoma. Name, Adoma. So, um, but missing Grealish was obviously a big loss for them, because he seems to have got his act together now. He's playing, you know, playing football regularly without getting into trouble. And when he's not, when his name wasn't on the team sheet, that gave everyone a bit of a lift. So I think that really did sort of influence. It may have influenced Villa as much as it influenced us. Oh, you saw. I've, I've gone off on a tangent again slightly there, but yeah, I mean, are you taste gold? What was a bit special? You know, um, kind of not pantomime, but you know, like one of those theatric moments that you know I, I won't forget in a hurry. And it was, um, I say, it was kind of like, after that went in, I could really kind of um, have a deep sigh, really, and kind of think we were. Um, we shouldn't lose the game from there and really should be winning it. Oh, it's just um, segueing from that goal because, as I said, we don't see many wonder strikes, uh, as it were, recently anyway. I mean, we've seen plenty of great goals over the years, but that was, you know, it's quite fun to see a goal like that. You know, it doesn't make any difference, you know, compared to a tapping, but seeing a goal like that, well, just uh, we put it out to Twitter earlier, you know, people's favourite Fulham goals from over the years. And um, got a couple of responses. Uh, one from at Barnetsky or Harry, as you know, uh, was Brian Ruiz's against Everton. Um, how on earth he pulled that off against Tim Howard, I don't know. 
which is fair enough. I mean, I still remember that goal. I think I was living in Australia at the time, so I only saw it in the highlights. Um, but didn't he? Ch- he chipped Howard, didn't he, from some weird angle? Yes, from about from the corner of the sixty-yard box, pretty much, wasn't it? Uh, and he also scored that absolutely lovely one against, I think it was Bolton, where he was well, throwing goal and scooped yeah. it. Absolutely delightful. Um, but yeah, forgettable player overall. <laughs> there was another one in from at, uh, Darjo177, who uh, is one of our regular listeners. And this was one that I remember. Uh, just I think it was in the second or third season of me coming to watch Fulham. And it was uh, Mickey Conroy from the halfway line against uh, Wickham Wanderers in the whatever it was called then the Carling Cup, Wellington Cup, um, and that sort of that was a pretty special moment. But you can't see it anywhere because apparently there's no footage of it anywhere, so it's only in the memory of those who were there. Uh, John, have you got a favourite goal? Made up. <laughs> or it's made yeah, up. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's like the fish you caught it gets bigger each year. <laughs> Yeah, he was actually only just outside the penalty box when he scored it. Yeah, I'm tapping. Um, to be honest, I'm only going to go for ones that I was actually at the ground for. I've got a couple. Um, one, because we beat the, the people down the road when Lewis Bermore scored against them. And we beat them for the first time in God knows how long. Um, that was special because of kind of who it was against. And then obviously, the Dempsey goal against Juve sat, sat, well, stood in the hammy, watching that float in. I thought it was a cross. Um, What's he doing? And then the kind of ecstasy when that went in. Um, can't think many are going to better that um not just because of the quality because of the context oh yeah definitely i mean unfortunately i wasn't at the game because i was living in sydney at the time um but i was watching it watching on tv down there and you know just that particular moment the energy you could feel the energy through the tv you know ten thousand miles away it was it was incredible and it's one of those moments that i'll always regret missing but you know, sort of when when you see goals like that, that was just extra special. Just because, as you said, it was the the sort of um, the moment, the the occasion, what it meant. Um, you know, even if, if it had been a consolation goal, would it have been as yeah as well received? I mean, no, it was kind of it was the goal that put us in the it would have been the semi final of the uh, Europa League. Um, Matt, well, what's what's your uh, what's your favourite? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back to the Europa League as well. Uh, we're going for, for matches that we were at. Um, so that Dempsey one, I was actually in the Putney end, annoyingly that night. But even then, you know, you've never heard an atmosphere in the Putney end like it. Um, I'm going to go to the next round uh, against Hamburg. And I'm going for the Davis goal. Um, you know, there, there was, you, you can still say, you know, if it was, if it was messy, who scored that goal, people might still be talking about it because it was absolutely wonderful. I think uh, Danny Murphy clipped it through and Simon Davis, sort of, he flicks over his head with, with his heel and then, and then back over with his, uh, with his right foot, completely to the defender out and then swept it in. And again, it was you know, the occasion, uh, half-time, we were 1-0 down. Um, you know, then, then it was the stand-up, if you still believe, that really, really got got the blood flowing and you know Simon Davis in such a pressure moment came out with a real moment of class and so it's ongoing with that one yeah I was seeing, seeing uh, I mean Simon Davis was a cracking player uh, last I heard he was playing in some Welsh village league with his brother I think, <laughs> I think it's pay as you play he's got to actually pay for the yeah as well. <laughs> so, 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 uh, the okay, fair enough. I think I saw, I saw another goal from him um 
which I hadn't seen for ages. I think it's you know from about the ninety three ninety four season. I think um, when I scored that sort of thirty yard free kick against Sunderland, and it kind of shows you know how talented a player he was. One yeah, of the I, 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 love, I love Simon Davis. He was you know at the time one of my favourite players. Um, I think sort of from from my point of view. Uh, I wasn't obviously, as I said, it wasn't at the Europa League game, sadly. Uh, but when I, you know, back in the early days, sort of when we'd been promoted up to Div 2, we played Liverpool away at Anfield when uh, Keegan was managing. And uh, Paul Pesca Salido scored that absolute cracker with his left foot from uh, sort of a bit far out from the corner of the uh, penalty area. And we lost the game 3 1, but it was just that goal. And you looked at it, and, you know, people at Anfield was like, oh, that's one of the best away goals we've seen at Anfield. Um, and as a sort of you know, starry-eyed fourteen-year-old, uh, it was uh, it was an absolute belter. And then uh, I think it was the following weekend, if my memory serves me right. Uh, I think we played Chesterfield at home in the league, and he basically did the same goal uh, <laughs> straight after after Liverpool. Um, but yeah, no, they were they were they were fun times back in those days. Right, moving on to uh, our next game. Obviously, the next uh, the next. How long was it? Next four days, we've got two massive games. Um, first off, Bristol City at Ashton Gate. This is a, it's an interesting one. I mean, Bristol City have been playing pretty poorly uh, of late. They've, uh, they've only got two wins in the last 10 league matches. Um, obviously, they were knocked out of the uh, League Cup by Man City. Um, almost, I would say, somewhat unfortunately, uh, given their sort of uh, strong performance in it. Um, on Sunday, though, uh, they threw away a two-goal lead against uh, Leeds. So that's not going to be great for their confidence. And looking at the stats from the you know, recent meetings between whilst we were both in the same league, the away team has won the last six games. So it's not great for the home side. Uh, John, what do you think this is? What's going to happen with this? Um, yeah, I was looking at their form. Yeah, they've not, they've not done great, to be honest. They've not won in three. Um, they are quite an attacking team. I don't think we're going to see a performance from them anyway, like um, like we did against uh, Villa. I think they'll they'll kind of come at us a bit. I think I say it probably every week, but I think first goal is pretty pretty important to be honest. Um, especially seeing as they keep losing leads, if we can get off, you know, get off ahead of getting ahead of them, then um, it will kind of make it seem slightly more daunting. They're not going to like to see you know our defenses be really tight. So if they know that we we're ahead and. You know, we haven't conceded many in the last, you know, blimey, 10 games. Then they'll uh, we'll see a bit uphill. I mean, they're two points behind us um, and nine goals worse off on goal difference. Um, looking, I mean, I would love to beat them. You know, um, if we don't, then they go ahead of us. And, uh, well, if we lose, um, a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world. But I, I'd really want to beat them. they got Cardiff next week. Um and we could really do with them beating Cardiff, to be honest. And then uh, Preston, the game, well, Sheffield Wednesday, then Preston. So I think you'd need to be quite a talented mathematician to sit down and work out what you want the teams around us to actually do. But I think it should be a good game. I mean, the, the play, our players are going to have such confidence after that performance. And, you know, when Villa tried to come at us a bit, which didn't really work, you know, we we looked like a different team and we we... we um. We kind of tore them to pieces for spells of the game. So hopefully if Bristol come at us, we can, we can do the same to them. One thing I think was slightly uh, concerning towards the end of the um, Villa game was uh, K-Mac going down. Uh, it looked like he pulled a muscle in, in, in his arse cheek by the looks of it. Um, wonder if that's going to have any effect on whether um, uh, Slav brings in Norwood 
back into that position. Um, hopefully he's fine. It was just a slight sort of you know, overstretch. But Matt, what do you think? Do you think he's going to be playing the same lineup or do you think um, he might have a couple of forced changes uh, seeing as we've got three games in the space for a week? Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if the same lineup started the next two games. Uh, you know, we touched on Mitrovic earlier. He might not be fit enough to start three games in seven days. In fact, he's, he's probably almost definitely not. Um, so, you know, it's deciding whether whether it's this game or against Wolves that he plays. Um, similar with, with Kenny, I don't think he'll start all three of them. Um, so there'll, there'll be some rotation. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty confident with, with our squad uh, a lot more than I was last season. So, you know, I think we're a match for anyone, whoever, whoever plays, to be honest. I'm, I'm a little wary of Bristol City because of, you know, they played really well earlier in the season against us. Um, you know, they, they hit us on the break really well. Um, uh, you know, they can play football as well. So it, it'll be really tricky. Um, despite their form, I think a draw is still going to be a good result for us. Um, but we need to be targeting those wins. Uh, and then, as John said, you know, if they can beat if they can beat Cardiff as well, then suddenly second is is really in sight. So I think some rotation. Ite um, might not start again, but but like I said, we've got we've got some some able replacements. You know, Norwood, um, Pearson, uh, Kamara, or Font to come in. Um, I'd like to see Mitrovic carry on because uh, I think he's better than the other two. But, I think you know, I think the, the defense kind of still it, you know it, it it picks itself, doesn't it? I think with um, this game, see Mitrovic sort of lasted a good chunk of the game on Saturday. Um, obviously, clearly needs a bit more sharpness. This might be a great game for him to sort of have another go at. I think maybe maybe slightly uh, fewer minutes than he had against Villa. Maybe or maybe Slav does want to keep him, um, you know, stored up for the Wolves game because obviously that's going to be uh, a massive game for us. Whilst Bristol City are one of the teams around us. Um, they kind of their recent form suggests that they're probably more beatable than Wolves are. Although they, you know, they only drew at the weekend as well. So, I think there are two very difficult games that we're facing now. But I think they're both winnable uh, based on the fact our form has been so great. Um, you know, results-wise, okay, some of the performances have been a little bit iffy here and there. But you know, we've still managed to ground out um, three points uh, fairly regularly. But, the Bolton game side. So I would suggest maybe the changes won't be too um, uh, too forthcoming tomorrow. I think Kearney will probably get another game. Um, hopefully K-Mac will start. I think keeping that midfield three, uh, having them back was a real boost at the weekend because that was the midfield three that got us into the playoffs last year. So hopefully if he keeps those three, maybe see a bit of rotation with um, Aite. Um, and maybe Piazon, maybe even Ojo might get another go. Who knows? Um, I think he's sort of back to fitness, uh, just sort of restricted somewhat by our five five man or sort of you know five loan policy issue. Um, so I don't know, John. Do you think we'll see many changes, or do you think he'll go for this game um, full strength, or you know the same team as last week, uh, last Saturday? And then maybe make a couple of changes for Wolves, considering sort of how far ahead they are at the moment. I think it's a really good question. It's, it's very difficult to, to answer, really. I mean, obviously, Wolves are the form team. They're, they're 17 points ahead. They're flying. Um, that will be a very, very tough game. I think we're in a much better position to play them than we were 
earlier in the season where they kind of got to and just kind of walked it for the rest of the game. I think Slav's decision is is difficult because we're probably more likely to beat Bristol with a weaker squad, but we need to beat them. And then Wolves, even with a full-strength squad, we might not have enough. So where he prioritises it, really. Um, you know, I'm glad I haven't got his job, to be honest, because I think that could be a huge kind of decider in our season. Um, I think it's worth note- noting that... Uh, to do um, Bristol City have an influential midfielder whose name uh, evades me, um, who's got a two-game ban. So that that's come at the, you know a good time for us. Um, pack. Yeah, I also noticed that Wolves have got um, Neves, who's started 31 games this season. He's on nine yellows, so they're playing Norwich on Wednesday. You know, be nice if he could get another yellow. Um, a fiery European, I think, is what they're known as. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, that could help us. But I think, as I say, I think it's a big decision for Slav to make, really. I, I think beating Bristol is more important because, obviously, we then put five points between us and them. Um, and then if we lose to Wolves, you know, at worst, we're back to where we are now. Um, so, you know, if we can keep our unbeaten run going after those two games, that would, that would be pretty special, to be honest. Um, as I say, I'm, I'm glad I'm not making this decision. I'm not really going to second guess what, what they're going to do. Obviously, the medical team need to need to assess it. Kenny, K-Mac and Mitro are all possibly a doubt. So um, it'll be interesting come come Wednesday night to see what, what the team is. Um, obviously, you know, going into that Wolves game, it will be sort of you know great to have the sort of uh, another win behind us. Um, obviously, playing such a good team. Uh, coming off the back of a loss would be fairly, you know, fairly damaging, I think, for the morale of the team. Um, and you really want to be sort of all guns blazing against someone who, against a team playing that well. So, I mean, it may all be, uh, people might be listening to this on Thursday when the game's already happened. So it's all a bit sort of uh, <laughs> irrelevant, really. But, um, Matt, uh, what do you think? Just uh, give us a result. And obviously, if you listen to this on Thursday, we might be wrong or right. Uh, one nil. I can see it being tight. Um, I assume you mean our to us. defense has been to us. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, our def- defense has been much better lately with remarshalling things. Uh, I think we squeak it. John, uh, um, I'm going to go three uh, one to Fulham. To be honest, um, they know that they need to beat us really. Um, so yeah, I think. You know, if they're pushing forward, hopefully we can open up at the back and um, a couple late second half goals, maybe. I was going to say 3-1 as well, but I'll change mine now. Um, I think, you know, I think it'll be a relatively open game. I don't think Lee Johnson plays particularly defensively. So I think it'll be a great game to watch. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll come out on top. I think we'll, I think we'll win it 2-1. Um, so uh, let's, let's check back on Thursday and see, uh, see how we did. Um, guys, we're wrapping things up now. Um, have you got any, any other points you want to make? Matt, have you got any other final thoughts? Um, just, just quickly on the point of um, you know, resting players for the less difficult games. Um, I'd really like to see us play full strength against Wolves and really show, show them what we're made of. Uh, we didn't do justice against them when we lost 2-0 at Molyneux. So um, we're the form team. We shouldn't be fearing anyone. Let's go for it. And John? Yeah, I like that rallying call to us. Um, I think after the next two games, we're really going to know exactly what 
what we're aiming for, basically. I mean, we're still looking at top two, but the next two games will determine if it's top two or just trying it as high up the league as possible. So, um, nerve-wracking, but fingers crossed, you know, the boys can perform and, uh, yeah, do us proud. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for joining me again, guys. Um, if you are listening to this uh, on the way to Bristol, safe trip over there. Hope we get a great result against them. Big few days. Hopefully we get another positive result against Wolves. Really sort of drive us towards that second place. Because if we carry on in the form we're in, you know, we may not have to put up with the, uh, the nightmare that is the playoffs. But, you know, what we can do, you know, we keep supporting the team. We've got a great squad of players. This is a very exciting time to be watching us. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be uh, in the next time we sort of uh, do the podcast, we'll be a few more points up and knocking on that door of the automatic promotion spaces. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening and uh, all the best. <laughs>